Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, my name is Gary Mansfield, and this is the Ministry of Arts podcast, where each week... I'll be speaking to a different artist. Now let's begin by bagging these bongos. Hello and welcome to episode 243 of the Ministry of Arts podcast. Firstly, as ever, thank you very much to our Patreons and those of you that have bought merchandise from our merch shop. We could not produce this podcast without you. And if you like what you hear and you think you might like to support us in some small way, go over to the Ministry of Arts Instagram profile where you'll find a link tree drop-down box with all the information there. That out of the way, what's been happening this week? Well, I did go to the London Art Fair this week, thanks to Darren from the London Art Roundup. He got a bunch of art critics together to go down to the art fair and write about their best booth in a hundred words or less. There was round about a dozen critics. Amongst those were friends of the podcast, Berry Babs, Tabish Khan and Joe's Art Histories podcast, Joe McLaughlin. For me, I chose Fiumiano Class, which was booth 36. Go over to London Art Roundup's Instagram profile and you will see why. I bumped into many a great person that I hadn't seen for a while. Um, Dario and the gang from Jealous, ex-director of Jealous, uh, Louise Fitzjohn, now running the ever-impressive Liminal Gallery in Margate. Who else was there? Martin Green from Duo Vision, Anna Goodman, Abstracts Publishing, and also Jack Trodd from Brushes With Greatness. And if I've forgotten anyone, I do apologise, but that was just off the top of my loaf, as it were. Oh, and also, um, Ray Richardson appeared on the Robert Elm Show Saturday morning. So if you didn't hear that, go over to BBC Sounds, look up Robert Elms and log on to that. It was about midday. 
But anyway, back to today. And today's guest was Phil Heckles, a.k.a. Hercule von Wolfwinkel. And to be honest, when Alice Mara contacted me and told me about Phil, I couldn't quite place the name Hercule van Wolfwinkel until I'd done a little Google search and as soon as I saw the first image, bang, got him. Now Hercule went viral over lockdown with his rubbish pet portraits. He drew a very, what would you say, naive drawing of his pet dog. Posted it on his own Facebook page, which comedically was called Hercule Van Wolfwinkle. Then a couple of his mates posted it, a couple of their mates posted it, and before you know it, tens of thousands of people were talking about it and ordering them. So when he sold a couple, he didn't want to profit from it, so he just said to his friends, just donate to a local homeless charity that he'd always championed, which is what they'd done. And then it snowballed, and it snowballed into something quite massive, as you'll hear in this episode. I mean, so much so that Phil literally gave up his job to do it. But the problem is, Phil is having conflicts with taking money from the money that he's raised to compensate him losing his job. So he's just taking a wage from creating all of these drawings, you know. And from that has come books and merchandise and what have you. But Phil is super paranoid that anyone might think of him the same way as most do about Captain Tom's daughter and just fleecing off the charity. That seems to be a hurdle that Hercule can't get over. But either way, it's a properly heartwarming story. So please, come and join me as I spoke to Hercule Van Wolfwinkle. Good. I'm alright, yeah. Thanks for getting in touch and that. It was perfect timing because literally, like, I've got... I'm in London practically all week next week with various bits and pieces going on. Then we're going away on holiday for a few days. So actually, like, today is probably the only tra- chance I was around for the next couple of weeks. So it was, oh, like, good. perfect there timing, really. So, yeah. <laughs> My friend Alice Mara got in touch um, this week. Oh, OK. Yeah, yeah. And you've been chatting with her. I met her. So um, we both did a... Um, a, a um, sort of sponsored sleep out for Turning Tides, who are one of the charities that I support. Um, and I, I sort of met her briefly um, then. And um, it's the first time we'd met and I'd started following her on Instagram. Um, and I mean, what, cool, she, what she does is just so amazing. It's Any just good? like, it, it's so good. And um, it's uh, like, I love, I love discovering like, you know, art, new artists and stuff like that. But it then always just sends my imposter syndrome into overdrive because <laughs> like, it's just like, you know, when you see these people just doing like amazing things. Um, but yeah, what she does, it's like, I've never, I've, I mean, I'm sure it, probably there are, but I've never seen anything like it before. Um, yeah, well, see, I've seen stuff that's similar, but yeah. hers is like so much better. Yeah, yeah. It's but, just um, unbelievable. So talented. Do I call you Phil? Yeah, I mean, it's like, um, I mean, you can call me whatever you want to call me. Like, uh, like it's one of those things where um, I still find it weird being called like Hercule Van Wolfwinkel or Hercule or whatever. But then it's like I do realise that on like the opposite side of the coin, it's it's weird for other people to hear yeah. me called Phil. Like, because other people go, "Who's Phil?" You know, like, um, so uh, yeah, the first time I was called Hercule. Uh, like verbally as it were i'd been doing the project already for like maybe like five six seven months or whatever and of course it was all online so when people were like calling you hercule and stuff you never really it wasn't tangible i guess yeah, you know what i mean yeah. like you were just reading it and then the first sort of thing i went to uh where there was people there and they were all 
all only knew me as Hercule Van Wolfingen, and everyone was calling me Hercule, and it just really fucking spun me out. Like I got home. Is that and I was... from the um, North German Van Wolfingen? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's the Scandinavian. It's the Scandinavian, actually. I mean, they might have made their way through Germany um, <laughs> at some point. Well, to save any confusion for those that are listening, <laughs> so your name is Phil Heckles. You you go by, or you're also known by Hercule Van Wolfwinkle which could be confusing for anyone listening. But could you explain, well, the first question I've got, Phil, how would you explain what you do to someone that doesn't know your work? Oh, um, I mean, I always get in trouble for how I describe it now, <laughs> right? But um, so I draw, I mean, some people call them silly. I, other people call them endearing. Um, I, I've always called them rubbish, like portraits of people's pets, basically. So um, that's what I do. I draw... I draw rubbish portraits of people's pets. Like it's a simplest way to describe it. Um, and uh, if that's kind of like your starting point for seeing them, like if your expectations are they're rubbish, yeah. then, then like if you end up eventually finding them endearing, then like great. But like don't come with any expectations. <laughs> that was that's like my dating profile. <laughs> I know I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that how we met on screen here? You swiped left or right or whatever. It is. Oh, brilliant. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's um, that's what I do. Yeah, rubbish pet portraits. Brilliant. Yeah. Could you tell us how they started? I mean, they they started being rubbish. As well. <laughs> oh, so you've not um, you've not you know involved any. Yeah. No, 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 no. Um so basically um all of this mm -hmm. has happened um like every everything that has happened um in the last like three years or so has, has basically just happened by I guess like chance and just sort of going with things, you know, like and um but it all started um it was the summer of 2020. So like we were right in the middle of lockdown. Um, yeah. I always say to people, I can't remember exactly what stage of lockdown it was, but we weren't but going out the, very that much. That was the scary bit, wasn't it? We were still yeah. thinking that um, it was all going to die by the end of the year. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I was, I, I was hoping, but. <laughs> 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 um, but um, so we had, yeah, we basically, my, my mum and dad had sent my little boy who was six at the time. They'd sent him some money Um uh, it was either for his birthday or it was for the summer holidays or something. Anyway, he had to make this thank you card. And um, we'd spent like weeks putting off, like making this thank you card. And um, I always say like we had spent weeks putting off, but like, I was 41 and he was six. So like you can decide who was actually <laughs> yeah. the one like putting off making this thank you card. And it got to like, and I reckon it was like probably like the, it was like, the latter stages of, of um, August, I think like it was a couple of weeks left of August. And basically this, this thank you card just had to get done. And um, he, Sam wasn't interested at all. And so to just get him interested, I kind of got all his pens and paper out, put them on a dining room table. And I drew this picture of our dog, Nala. And, and just to get him interested. So like, Sam, come and have a look at this picture I've drawn um, of Nala. And it was like rubbish. And um because I'm not an artist, like I've never drawn before. And um, if you see my pictures, you'll, that will, you know, be apparent. Um, and, um, but it made us both like laugh and it made him smile. And he started coloring in, I think this pic, this picture of Nala that I drawn, I think he started coloring in that very first one that I drew. And then he was interested. He was making his thank you cards and 
like I was obviously just with him because I wanted to be with him doing this, but I had nothing to do. So I was looking at this first portrait that I'd drawn of Nala, which was rubbish. And I thought to myself, if I try like really hard, like I reckon I could do better. Like I genuinely reckon <laughs> yeah. I could do better. And um, you know that thing, like, you know, someone comes to something, know nothing about it, but thinks they can like, you know. Yeah, of course. So I got, I got this picture up on my phone of Nala and I, and I tried my best to kind of copy this, this photograph on my phone um, of Nala. And it was worse than the first one. Like, it was like, um, yeah. uh, but it made, again, it just made us laugh. It like made us giggle. Um, and so I basically did what like any normal person does. Like in that situation, I stuck them on Facebook. Um, I stuck this picture on Facebook with this jokey comment about pet portraits had been for sale and they were 299 quid <laughs> and come and place your orders. And it was yeah. like, it was like, it, and it just went out to my mates. I've only got about hundred mates on Facebook. Like it was, yeah. and it was just something I just thought, do you know what? It, like I say, it made us laugh. It made us smile. And I just thought, I just hope it makes someone else laugh, you know, um, stuck now, it out. Visually, if I, if I can just butt in there visually for those listening, it was a black dog. Uh, is this correct? Black dog in front of Venetian blinds. That's or it. Yeah. He was getting, he, I presume. She, she. Sorry. She That's was right. getting the sun coming through the Venetian blinds. That's it. So her face was black, yellow, black, yellow. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Like that, like basically photorealism at its best, capturing the, the light hitting the <laughs> yeah, the chiaroscuro <laughs> the, the, the of the light hitting the uh, yeah. dark. Um, and yeah, that was it. So basically, sort of looked. She looked a bit like a sort of bumblebee sort yeah. of dog, I guess. Yeah. Um, and um, you know, again, it was it was just it it was an attempt. I'm not going to say whether it was a good attempt or a bad attempt. It was just an attempt at drawing a dog. Um, and this post went out and it, as I just went out to my mates and I kind of didn't really think anything of it. Um, and then basically like by the end of that first afternoon, I had seven people like my mates just messaged me saying, can you draw my dog or like cat? Or I think actually one of the first ones I did was a, um, was a, uh, like lizard thing. Um, I forget what the bearded dragon, that's it. Bearded yeah, yeah, dragon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, like I say, it was, we were in lockdown, right? And I, I had no more Tiger King to watch. And I was like, I perfected my banana loaf recipe. So I had sort of else to do. Um, and so I, I basically sat there and drew these seven requests that had come in. And, um, and every time I finished one, I just put it on my Facebook page. Like in, in the comment section of this original post that I'd done, I was just like, you know, there you go um and people started sharing them. um and i guess that was sort of like the start of it really um that that these sort of mates so say these sort of seven portraits that i drawn in in the first day people were then sharing them of course that meant that they were suddenly this post was reaching people beyond my immediate friendship group you know yeah. so um and then like fast forward a week i had about 100 requests for portraits um from no, no, no. Well, I won't charge anybody. And, and, and um, so, uh, yeah, so, I mean, no, they were, it was all just like all just a joke and just a bit of fun. And the, the 299 thing was obvious, obviously just a, oh, a, a joke. Yeah. Just between but, you and your mates. Exactly. But what was, I think, as they started to get shared beyond, like beyond our mates, as it were, um, 
I think in a funny way, like the fact that they, the portraits had this sort of like what I felt was obviously a spoof retail price, 299 That was one of the things that actually I think like drew a lot of people into it because people, so I would say draw your dog, Gary, and then you then share it to all of your mates. And then your mates are going, you didn't really pay 300 quid for this, did you? Like that, that was what people were like asking. Yeah. It was like, because, you know, we were in lockdown, everyone had lost their mind and that, you know, like, um, and so, yeah, weirdly, this spoof retail price was kind of almost, I think, like what was like maybe capturing people's yeah. like interest a little bit. There's a sense of like, you haven't really paid for this, like, have you? There's, like, that, type there's thing. that thing where you do end up going, well, if people are paying this much, it must be worth it. And I must just be missing something here. Yeah, exactly. I might get one myself, you know. Yes, yeah. That's how um, shit starts, isn't it? Um, and I guess, like, it sounds funny, but, like, maybe even more so sort of like in the art world, you know, where it's all so subjective. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, um, you know, what I like, uh, lots of other people don't and vice versa, but it doesn't make it necessarily any less valuable to me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, but... So, I mean, yeah, several, like, of, several of your cats have got the same legs as Dali's elephants, haven't they? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, again, that, that's only because, like I say, when I, I now do like little online drawing tutorials and things, and um, the reason for the long legs is I say to people is you if you keep the legs long, it gives you some bit of thinking time, basically. <laughs> so as you're like, as you're drawing down yeah. like away from the body, when you've like turned around to come back up again, like if you've kept them long, you've just got a bit of thinking time. You haven't got to panic then, like well, basically. What I thought was, now I saw one of yours with a cat sitting on a long vase um, with flowers in it, a long planter. Yep. And it looked like that maybe there was no dirt in it and the cat was just had really long legs and, yep. and had been standing up in it and not sitting on the dirt at the top. Yeah. So it could well have had long legs in this yep. imaginary world, you know. Well, I drew that plant pot actually had, um, and again, this is actually where like uh, my my ideas outstrip my artistic talents, <laughs> um, because actually that pot, that large pot, actually had like little like terracotta feet on the bottom of it, you know, like oh, okay. yeah. I saw and that. so I tried to replicate that with the cat's feet. Um, yeah. So it, it, that was exactly what I was going for. Like you know, if you take the pot away, would the cat's legs actually just be as long as the pot? Um, but I don't. Th I think a lot of people missed the little terracotta feet because I just wasn't good enough to actually recreate terracotta no, feet. No, <laughs> but that's, that's the thing. I've been mean, speaking arty now. If people miss that, they've missed it. It's it's for the ones that do get it and they go, ah, that's yeah, what he's done. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, so yeah, so the, so then we got we're week in and we got hundred. I got hundred requests for portraits, and that was the first point in which I nearly just stopped. Because um, it was all just a bit, like, it all got, like, you know, like, I was getting friends requests from, like, people I didn't know and all that kind of stuff. And and I'm quite private. Um, I'm actually, like, naturally a really shy person. Um, that's why kind of Hercule Van Wolfwinkel is is my name. It's not a name that um, I created for this project. That Hercule Van Wolfwinkel has been my Facebook name for over 10 years. Oh, and, okay. I and I made, and, and I had this fake name because I just didn't want that. You know, that kid that used to sit next to you in geography but wouldn't say hello to you in the pub, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. I didn't really want him, like, pouring over my Zanti 08 photo album on Facebook, <laughs> you know? Like, um, so I, I had this fake name. Um, and so, so suddenly I'm getting all these friends requests from people. And I was just a bit like, oh, do you know what? Like, nah, like, maybe this is the time to call it a day. But I guess like me being me, like whilst I am like quite 
sort of shy and private i you know i had this like just little like it 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 tickled my curiosity i guess and i thought how far can we take the joke you know how far can we take this so i set up the facebook page pet portraits by hercule like exactly as it exists today and um the gag then was is like look i've gone into business and it's uh, you know you better come and get your orders in before the price goes up to 399 you know type thing yeah um but again all just a joke like like I was not, I wasn't charging anybody. Like there was no way I was taking any money for, for any of it. And then like the timeline now, cause so much has happened in the last three and a bit years. Like the timeline at the start is quite sketchy, but I reckon I was probably like, a, we were probably another couple of weeks down the line, maybe. And I don't know, the page has got up to, I don't know, about 800, a thousand people or something following it. And, um, yeah. and I, I, I drew a picture for a mate and, um, he messaged me and he said, can I like, can you send me the original? Like, we love it. Like, can you send us the original? And I was like, well, yeah, like, but no one had, so I, I, by this point, I don't oh, know. Okay. Maybe... So you was just sending them the digital version of what you Not, drawn. Not even that, not even that. They just got uploaded onto Facebook page. Oh, like, okay. And then if people want to okay. like print them off, got they you. can or whatever, yeah. but like just a, like literally just all a bit of fun. Like that was like, so um, yeah, they basically, I would draw it. I'd take a photograph of it, like not even in a, you know, they're not well lit or anything. They're literally just on my iPhone. You know, um, you can see my shadow hovering over it and all that kind yeah. of stuff um take a photo of it put it onto facebook everyone has a laugh and you move on to the next and that was all it was and it was just as i say just a bit of fun and then you know when i set up the page as i say like maybe we got up to like 800 a thousand ish followers maybe after a couple of weeks and matt wanted this original and he was the very first person that ever wanted original i'd probably drawn about 30 maybe portraits by this point in that first couple of weeks so I sent him the original and then he messaged me back and we had this conversation and he wanted to give me some money for it. And he was like, you know, we really love it and we're going to frame it and it's going on the wall. And so we want to give you some like money for it. It has and, a like, value, yeah. Honestly, it's like this drawing, it was a golden retriever and it looked like, my drawing looked like somebody who'd like tried to taxidermy a lion, right? <laughs> having never done any taxidermy before in their life and never seen a lion before in their life. Um, It was horrendous, this picture. And there was no way I was taking any money for it. Like there was absolutely no way. I was like, um, and he was adamant. And we had that back and forth, you know, like when, you know, you make pays for a taxi home from the pub and then you have that like, you know, don't worry about it, mate. In that back and forth, I just said to him, look, Matt, if you want to do something, just donate some money to our local homelessness charity, like Turning Tides. Um, And they're like a charity that we support as a family. And then at least you feel like you've given something for this drawing. And I'm comfortable knowing I haven't taken anything for it. (laughs) Um, You've got exactly what you think it's worth. Exactly. Yeah, exactly right. Um, yeah. And you know what he did? Like he did make this donation and he donated, I think it was about 30 quid, 40 quid or something. Um, to turning tides and and then like this light bulb moment came um of you know actually maybe we can keep this all as a bit of fun like that's at the heart of everything keep it all as a bit of fun but you know maybe we can kind of use these portraits and the interest that's kind of like been generated around them to just do a bit of good um and so again me and matt had this conversation because he'd made his donation and stuff and he was like, look, why don't you look into sort of setting up a just giving page? And, you know, um, and, you know, that was 
just in looking into how to set one up, I'd set one up. It was that easy to do. Yeah, yeah. So now I've got this Just Giving page and I just put a note out to the group and I just said to everybody, look, like the portraits are still going to be free. Like, of course, I'm not going to charge anybody for them. But if you're unlucky enough to get yourself a picture and you just want to cheer yourself up by making a donation, like here's a link and maybe we can just do like a little bit of good um, with these with these portraits. Um, and being honest, since then we've just never looked back and the response has just been like, uh, you can throw any adjective you want at it, but like overwhelming is probably the, 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 the sort of the biggest one. So when you set up a just giving page, you have to set a target, right? I set the target at 299 quid. Cause it like, course, you know, yeah. like the joke, the yeah, joke yeah, yeah. Um, and my other half said to me, like, don't set it so high. Like you'll never raise three hundred quid with, with these like shit portraits that you you join. She was like, you know, like a target. If people think a target is like completely unachievable, they might not even start trying to get there. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, but I was like, nah, like it works in like in the context of the gag, and like even if we don't raise three hundred quid, who cares if we don't hit a target? But we hit it in like two days. Like, we hit three hundred quid in like a couple of days. Um, yeah. And how long do they run for? Well, the fundraisers, yeah, they're still going. So, oh, is it? Oh, okay. So we're now, uh, so we're now actually, so t- so uh, fast forwarding, fast forwarding through the project, we now actually fundraise for two charities. So fundraise for Turning Tides, who are our, our local homelessness charity. Uh, so that was the first year of the project. We were solely fundraising for Turning Tides, um, and we raised a hundred grand for them in the first year, and then. And then basically coming into the second year. So we 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 hit a hundred grand on the, the Turning Tides fundraiser. It was like literally about a week before the first anniversary of the of the fundraising starting. And I was like really mindful that we'd suddenly like hit these two big milestones. You know, we'd hit this hundred grand and then it was a year anniversary. And I was sort of worried a little bit like that maybe people might think, oh, well, if he's like isn't is it now the end of it type thing you know if he's hit these milestones is is that kind of where so i think just to kind of like try to prove that it was still you know we had no plans to sort of slow down um from the second year onwards um i introduced a second charity which is a charity called street vet um and they they basically provide free veterinary care for the pets of homeless men and women so it was like a perfect fit for me because here i am like raising money and awareness for a homelessness charity by drawing people's pets. And then now I've got a chance to support a charity that helped the pets of homeless men. It was like a no brainer. Yeah. Yeah. And so we started fundraising for street vet from the second year. And actually today, literally this morning, we've hit a hundred grand for street vet. Um, And we've raised another 90 grand for turning tide. So overall the the fundraising as I sit here right now is 291,265 quid from these crap portraits. It's it's nearly like a thousand times more than you initially wanted. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and and, I mean, I've been in situations, not as big as this, but I've been in those situations where you have this little idea, you sort of throw it in the world to see what happens. And then all of a sudden, it starts to run away from you and you sort of, you don't lose control, but it starts getting bigger and bigger. It's a bit of a daunting thing at one point, isn't it? You have to sort of stop a minute, look around you, see what you're doing and then make a plan. Whereas before Um, there was no plan. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I haven't, I still haven't done that. 
<laughs> like, I, like it, genuinely, like I still haven't, and and this has turned our world. Like it, it's it's now a full time. Again, I don't know whether I'm fast forwarding the story too much. I don't know how much you want to know, but you know, to keep this project going, I quit my job in May 2020, like May last year. And what um, was you doing, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, I worked in commercial property. Um, wow. So I worked for a firm of local surveyors and worked in their commercial property department. It was a 23-year career. Um, and um, I'm a lot poorer now, but richer in many other ways, you know. Yeah. Um, but basically what happened was, probably in hindsight, weirdly at the time, bringing on the second charity maybe wasn't the best decision. Um, don't regret it. Don't, you know, don't regret it at all. But at, at the time, um, because... I call it the circus, basically, that that surrounds all of this whole project, which is like basically everything that just is beyond me just drawing a picture of a pet on my dining room table and chucking it on Facebook. Um, that was just all getting like bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, so like a lot of the, like the media stuff was getting bigger. Um, like the page now, I mean, there's like just shy of 300,000 people on my social media like my Facebook page reaches between sort of four and six million people a month wow. um and that's not me bragging I'm not into all of that social yeah. media stuff yeah. but but it became a, it becomes a full-time job like managing all of that um when we were you know again in the early days when I was like running competitions because we do a lot of fundraising competition stuff when you're running a fundraising competition and you're putting it out to 3,000 people it's all a little bit of a laugh. It's all a little bit informal. When you're putting it out to 30,000 people, you get there's more people that are going to start questioning. And a bit of responsibility things. there with it. As exactly well, yeah. right. Um, when you're putting it out to, you know, 250,000 people, you've got to make sure that you're watertight on things. And so, like, again, when we've, when you're then doing your, your competitions or we've got the bigger projects and stuff going on, like the reality alongside my full time job is at times I was doing like, and again, like when I had like book deadline, I've done two books and stuff now, when I had the book deadlines and stuff, like I was doing like 18 hour days for like three, four weeks <laughs> yeah. straight. And it was just like, this just isn't sustainable. And actually like the realization that that wasn't sustainable, it, it hit me like without getting all deep, because that's not all, but it hit me like a bit of a, a sucker punch really. And um, I was burnt out. You know, um, I don't want to say like I had fall down breakdowns or anything like that, but I was shot, you know, and um, actually the decision that I made was that I was going to bring the whole Hercule project to a close because I was just like, I just can't keep going. I can't keep doing it. And that was really hard because like when you're averaging, like the fundraising was averaging about sort of just under seven grand a month. And like you feel the weight of that, you know, like when you're like then having to make a decision that to kind of like turn the tap off on that for the charities. Um, you know, you even start questioning, you know, there was even a thing that was going through my head of like, you've been selfish, you know, like by making this decision yeah. to stop, like you're yeah. being self. And, and I really struggled with all of that. And, and, but basically I'd say the decision was made to just bring the whole project to a close. I couldn't keep going as I was with this full-time job and the bigger it was getting, the more it was kind of encompassing all of everything else. And, um, and so I actually had my last Facebook post written out and I knew exactly when it was all going out. And um, it was the 1st of January, 2022. Um, I was going to post my very last post and I was going to thank everybody for all of their support. You know, again, I don't want to say that I was, I was that low, but I was genuinely, I was at a really low point, yeah. like really, really low point. I was struggling with 
there was lots of thoughts that were going through my head and there was lots that was that I was like just trying to kind of weirdly kind of that thing of like bringing it all to a close like almost just trying to come to terms with it like it and from the outside looking in I guess people might be listening to this just thinking like well you know what's he going on about you know like um but but it was um yeah, it, it just felt like I was, it, it felt a little bit like it didn't really matter which de- what decision I made, I was going to make the wrong decision. Like it really felt a bit like that. Um, in coming to that decision and going through all of that thought process of bringing the Hercule project to a close and being like as relatively comfortable as I felt I could be with that decision, I kind of then just realised that I wasn't, you know, when the decision was in inverted commas, made, even though that was a very private decision at this point, the decision was made, my mind was made up. There was no more kind of like chucking around all the what ifs. I was then like, I can't, I can't give this up. But there's still so much more good that I know that we can do with all of this. And I think that's the point, sorry for, for but that's the point I was talking about earlier is it gets to that point when you go, this isn't a joke anymore. This has run away from me. We need to sit down and plan because there is something here. It has got legs, pretty long ones, yeah. but it has got <laughs> legs. <laughs> and we can do something with it. It is now a thing rather than a joke between mates that has just escalated a bit. Yeah, it's now yeah. out of your control. And yeah, you've got to yeah. Reel it in. Yeah, it kind of just felt like, I think ultimately what it really came down to was I just sort of felt like if I'd have stopped, I know I would have spent the rest of my life just wondering what if. And that course, isn't, yeah. weirdly, that's not a what if from a, a personal point of view in a, like at all. Um, it's a what if from uh, an overall project point of view. You know, um, I always say like none of this has ever really been about me. You know, like, um, and when all the media stuff first started, um, again, I know I'm jumping around on the timeline. I'm really sorry, Gary, if this is no, getting confusing to follow. But when all the media stuff all started, um, you know, for the first few sort of like radio things I did and, and newspaper stuff that I did, I wouldn't let anybody use my real name. I didn't want anyone to know like it was me. I mean, you've seen the drawings, right? You've got to den- you'd be able to deny that you're the one like drawing them. Um, but it was also I didn't want any of it to be like about me, you know. Um, and so then when the first few TV stuff, when the first when when the first thing came up for for a TV appearance, my first reaction was to say no. I didn't want to do it um, because I didn't want to be at, to be out there and for it to be, you know, a bit about me, you know. Um, and so, like I say, the the the, the decision to carry on was never really about me personally because actually again being really honest with you the if it was then I would have stopped because the easiest decision would have just been to stick to what I was doing for 23 years not to take like this but anyway I jacked my job in basically so I went into work on in the January and and I handed in my notice on a 23 year career and I gave them kind of four or five months notice because I've been there for so long and I, you know, I wanted to, they, they had been very good to me and I want, I, you know, I'd worked for them since I was a 17 year old kid and, you know, like I, I wanted to be fair to them. And then, so since May, 2022, it's been a full-time project. And again, you know, when you talk about like taking control and stuff, if I'm really honest, I still don't feel like I've taken control because I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and that's not, 
you know, it's not in that kind of like, you know, no one knows what we're doing. We're all just Is winging it. Is it like it. a simmering pot, Phil, where you sort of, you find yourself just about to bubble over and then you turn the gas down for a minute and then have to turn it up again. So it sort of fluctuates. Well, I mean, you know, to be honest, it's been, I think the best analogy that I can use is it feels a little bit like, like I've had moments in, we've all had moments in life, haven't we? Like, but if I, if I talk about them professionally, like even in my old job where, you know, the day to day I knew inside out, um, but you'd, you'd still have moments where, like, you knew you were a bit out of your depth, yeah? You know, like, you knew you'd bitten off a little bit more than you can chew with a project or a yeah, client yeah. or whatever, and you thought, oh, crumbs, like, you know, I feel a little bit out of my depth here. But you knew where the bottom was, right? You know, so you knew you knew you were out of your depth because you knew where yeah, the bottom was. Yeah. And I, f- I feel like with all of this is, that I f- like, I've just been, like, plonked in the middle of the ocean. And I've got – so I don't even know how deep the bottom is, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, I just feel like – since I've taken it full time, um, it uh, it feels like I'm kind of swimming around in circles in the middle of the ocean, but I'm not really, I'm just about keeping my head above the water. Like that is where I'm at at the moment yeah. is I'm just about keeping my head above the water. And like being brutally honest with you, like right now, I can't actually see the longevity in the project. And and that comes down to just not knowing what I'm doing, and and it, it like I'm not stupid enough or arrogant enough to 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 not admit that. Um, and 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 I think like what I need, if there is some longevity for the project, I think what I need is for somebody that does know what they're doing. Maybe they're listening to this to basically kind of go start swimming that way. Like that's the yeah. way you. And just, it's not going to be even if you just put an artistic director in for just a a month, just to it's like bringing in an accountant to look at all your receipts and go right. That 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 and that. There you go. That's where. So you're going. to to prove to prove my point, I don't even know what an artistic director is, Gary. Like <laughs> gen- genuinely, like honestly, mate, like genuinely. Um, but I, but it's it just feels a bit like that, and I, and I think as well, it's where it's also um, tricky, probably in the right word, but like I'm fiercely protective of the fundraising. So the only reason for keeping the project going is to keep the fundraising going. If the if, I say this, and I don't know whether people believe me, but if the fundraising stopped tomorrow, it wouldn't matter how much I'm earning personally out of this project, I would stop. Yeah. I genuinely would. Like, I would stop. Um, because for me, this project has, although it didn't start out as a fundraiser, like, and it wasn't a, you know, I didn't sit down with anybody and go, how can we raise some money for charity? I know, we'll draw some pet portraits. That came a little bit organically, but very early on. Um and that has become my real passion. Um, not really the art. I mean, I have I've thoroughly enjoyed getting into the art uh, and exploring that. But they, but they um, can't survive apart, though, can they? Or can no, they? it's reached that stage where no, they can't um, because both because the 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 project is too big now. They both feed off each other. Yeah, they do. Um, and so what I've basically done. So in order to in order to basically try to make a living from it is that the very first kind of decision process in all of that was that basically, okay, if, if I'm going to now step into this being a full-time project, the most important thing to do is anything that I'm currently doing or have been doing, which has driven the fundraising to this point, that's like completely ring fenced. It's untouchable. We're not changing anything that we're the, of the, the fundraising yeah. model. And, you know, being honest, um, the easiest decision to have made um, 
when I when I I look, was looking to kind of take the project full time, the easiest decision to have made at that point, which would have also increased the fundraising, would have been to start charging for the portraits, because now they're like the highest direct offer I've had for one is four and a half grand. Um, when what- we auctioned them for charity, like the last charity auction that we did for one, I think was eighteen hundred and fifty quid. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Now, when you draw them, just to get, I mean, I know you've said that you draw them and put them on your social media. Yeah. And that is what the person pays. Is that, is that what the person pays the, the donation for? So the, when it's the donations, so when it when people just make a donation to the to the charity, which is which actually again has never been compulsory, right? So the donations aren't compulsory. Um I don't even I say I have no way of checking. I probably do, but it sounds like work, right? So um, I don't even check if people have donated or not because the 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 the, the, the donations have always been voluntary, um, you know. Um, and there's no that's minimum. The inclusive side of it, Phil, isn't it? Because yeah, and it can be that nine-year-old who wants a, a yeah, and but also um, you know, it's that thing of again, like when it started gaining, like. Uh, when it started gaining interest and popularity and and there was this realization that actually the originals have a have a value which was way beyond anything that I could imagine um uh i didn't then want to like cash in on that either personally or from a fundraising point of view because what i loved about it and do still love about it is the fact that it is just a lottery as to who gets picked like there's over 100,000 requests for portraits in my inbox and it's just a lottery. Like it is just, I pick them wow. at random and, and then if people want to donate, they can. And, but I don't ever want to set like a minimum donation. I don't want it to become that the only people that can get them are the people that can afford 300 quid because yeah. 300 pounds to one person is worth the same as three quid to another, you know, like, and I love the fact that everybody's got the same chance. I don't know. I mean, I know that I would lose enjoyment as well. Like, uh, you know, if I if I was looking at it selfishly. So, yeah, the, the, the everyday deal is that the portraits are, in essence, free. OK. And if you want to make a donation, you can. But there's no obligation to. And um, there's no minimum donation. Um, and if you, but if you get a portrait, which is a complete lottery as to whether you get picked or not, it gets uploaded onto social media. And that's it. Basically, that's what you get. Um and is that for their for their minimal donation? For no donation, if if they don't okay. want to. Um, but because because now 
of the interest that we've got in in the project and and there is now this value attached to physical originals of which there aren't actually that many out there um we now occasionally auction off the opportunity to have your portrait drawn and you get the original um and uh and then we offer them as competition prizes and raffle prizes and stuff like that um and so uh yeah the last original that we that we auctioned off for charity was 1850 quid i think um and you know what hate drawing them because you you're you're you you're thinking i can't send them this it's a commodity yeah you you, you because you know like when i know that no one's actually paid for them or the, or like the most they or the worst thing is they've donated 10 quid to a charity right you know you can really sort of take the piss you know so like the the, the great example um is one that I got a message from somebody and it was basically their dog they had these massive ears like pointy up like ears and in her message it said bet you can't tackle these ears and so basically her portrait was literally just the top of her, the top of the head, like peeking over the, like the bottom of the page with these massive ears. And that was, a, I think you might have just seen the tops of the eyes. And I was like, yeah, no bother. Like, and that was her portrait. And she loved it, you know, because yeah. it was like, because it was, it took the piss, you know, and that's what yeah. people, you know, well, they're not. Looking from an arty point of view, you've created this Hercule Van Wolfwinkle world. So it doesn't matter what it looks like as long as it fits into the realms of the world that you've created. Yeah. So I don't think you should put any pressure on yourself as to say, is this good enough? Because you, it doesn't want to be good enough. It needs to be bad enough. Yeah, yeah. But I think so when I, all I the don't time know, you're it... trying to make it bad, it won't be as bad. You just have to try and keep that same mindset you've done first of all. You just want to pull out the ears make the eyes goggly and you know a, a long flappy tongue for instance yeah i just think it's hard to like i say when you've when you can then equate a you know a value to to it before you've even started you know like it's i don't know i find it hard to switch off from that but for, but like i say we don't do that very often like we don't do that very often um and then the rest of the originals i've basically just got here sitting in archive boxes um, and one day I'll eventually do something. I mean, my dream is to exhibit again. Like I really want to do another exhibition again. Um, I, I will do something with them at some stage, but it's, um, it, yeah. It, 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 and again, I know that it upsets some people that they don't get the originals, but I haven't ever changed the rules. You know, it's always been that way. And so I kind of like feel a little bit like just because it's become popular doesn't mean that the rules should change, you know, like it's always been the deal that you don't get the originals. Um, and then I think in terms of not selling them, it's just become a little bit of a beast that I just don't really know how to face, you know? Um, so I don't. Well, it feels to me from an outsider looking in, the one that you draw on this bit of paper and put on social media, that could even be, a, a small donation for that for being included in the hvw world you know yeah yeah um so that could be the donation even allow them a digital send them a, a digital copy a digital photograph or yep. scan it or something that can be their one that they might get for a tenner yeah you know and most people can afford a tenner yeah that's that's the donation that's that keeps the 
that donation will go in. The ones that you do on paper then could have a value of 200 quid if people yeah. want that as well. But they also get the, you know, it's like the second tier on, on um, Patreon. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So yeah. The, the next one up is one of those and they are 299 quid. Yeah, and they yeah. are worth every penny of two hundred and ninety nine quid. But yeah. if it's like, and what size do you do it? Do you do? They're them? all drawn. They're all so they're all drawn on A four. Um, are they A four printer paper that you do them on? It's the shittest. Like it, it, and keep it, it there. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's got to keep there. Um, if you and don't it was mind bit, me saying. No, no, but it, so the reason the reason that it was A4 printer paper was because basically I was nicking it from work. So like that's, yeah, but that's, that's the, that's the um, thing, Phil. What you've created is you're an adult doing what a kid so, does yeah, just before yeah. dinner or after school, yeah, you know, yeah, during, yeah. The, during the silly dog. It's got to be, do you do, I presume you use pencils? I use pencil, And again, it, so I use, I basically use... Um, so some I've actually got my it's actually a bit of a mix in my pencil case now. So but mainly it's just WH Smith, yeah. just like their and own. That's where you've um, got to stay with those. Yeah, I do. I've I've actually so um I've I've got some slightly nicer uh, pencils that someone uh, gifted to me. Um and I've actually got myself like a, a some nicer quality sort of like sketch paper and stuff. Um and it, you can't create the same thing. No, yeah, it just no. doesn't work um, don't at all. Be, don't try and be arty. Try yeah. and be that kid. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So that's, yeah. that's where you've got to keep it. Part of the thing, and this is, again, where it comes down to when I said earlier about, like, you know, one of the things I've probably struggled with a little bit from take, but to take the project full time is been so fiercely, like, protective of the fundraising. Well, and the so, fundraising, Phil, that could be the online bit, because that's how it's always been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the ones on paper are yours, I, I yeah. feel, should be yours. Yeah. Or go to the company that you may have created that you pay yourself yeah, from. Yeah, yeah, Because if that isn't sustainable, then this project can't go on anymore. Yeah. So you have to flourish to make... I think it just feels I think it just feels like a little bit of a I think it just it, it feels like a change to and it feels like a change to an element of what is a major part of the of the fundraising which is this thing of like the pet portraits being free and then suddenly once you start selling originals they're kind of not free and like and if you've still got the free bit online yeah, yeah. You know? I, I, th I think it's just. Um... I do a lot of charity exhibitions. Forever, I was doing it for nothing, mm. stressing myself, doing it on a day off, trying to sort this thing out, and it was all for nothing. And and someone from a charity said, "You have to pay yourself. Yeah, yeah. You have to give yourself a worth, and you can't grow if you're trying to do everything on a shoestring." No, I know. There, and it did. It just made things so much easier. But I know where you're coming from is that you're going to feel like you're benefiting from the charity. The money that's going in your pocket could have been going to the charity, which is how I felt, first of all. Yeah, but it I think there. it's um, I think it's just as well. Like I like I say, what I was hoping I was going to be able to do was was to like commercialize, commercialize it by doing new things that, that was a step away from anything that we'd been doing that we were doing already. Um, so, you know, we do sort of things like greetings card stationery, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, 
and and I think that where that feels that feels comfortable is because it's like well we weren't doing any of that you know so it's not kind of touching the fundraising element like at all it's not really kind of like adding anything new to any of the sort of pet you know the pet portrait element of it it's just then taking these images that I am drawing and using them on other like products we also donate a minimum of 10% of everything that we sell commercially to the charities as well so again it's this view of like we've increased extra revenue streams as well for the for the charities and that kind of like feels feels and and felt quite comfortable um and I guess I just sort of felt like then is that like you know if somebody uh buys um you know a note uh pad off me for like 10 quid or whatever you know um it generates a bit of an income for me but they get something back in return that they want do you know what i mean like you know there's there's some value into what they're donating and 10 percent of that goes to the charity and um you know kind of like happy days whilst leaving the pet portrait side of it completely alone like none of that changes you know um and i i just i i do just sort of battle with that a little bit i think um and on the one hand I, I also get that if the if I have to stop, then the whole thing stops. But then, I don't you know, there's a part of me that also thinks, well, if that's just how it is, if the project isn't sustainable in a way that feels comfortable, then maybe that is just it. And what's also really hard is when you've kind of established something which is off the back of charity. And again, this didn't start as a charity fundraiser, but the majority of a lot of the attention that we've had um, and certainly like the exposure and, and the growth that we've had has come off the back of the fact that, you know, we're f- I'm fundraising and I'm raising money for charity and, and that's how I want it to be. And every time I do something, I see it as an opportunity to expose the charities, not myself, you know. Um, and again, one of the beauties of what we do is because everything goes through Just Giving is that yeah, awesome. there's like transparency, you know, um, yeah. Uh, but but the problem you that you, you have, don't want to be like catching Tom's daughter. I just fuck no no. I mean I don't you know I, like the last person I want to meet is Piers Morgan. But but the the issue that you then have is that when you've got something where there is like rightly or wrongly this kind of viewpoint that everything you do is for charity, yeah. then you get so a really good example, Gary, is I sold I drew a picture of um long-term followers of the page and that will know that like there's a big thing about herring on my page haddocks and herring and it's all to do with the little bios that i write up for the animals and that and um relatively long story short somebody in one of the comments basically said something about circumcised herring i don't know like like why that was but they did and somebody then replied saying can you draw a picture of a circumcised herring right and i said (laughs) Uh, and I said, if this comment get if this comment gets like a thousand likes or whatever, I'll draw a picture of a circumcised herring. And of course, it did get a thousand likes. Of course, yeah. Before you before so, you got away from the keyboard. Exactly. So I drew this picture of this circumcised herring, which is basically a herring and just wearing a pair of like yellow Y fronts, right? So like, leave you to decide whether it's. This is what my fucking life has become, Gary. I'm sitting here talking to somebody about a circumcised herring for God's sake. Yeah. Like, well, you um, picture it. Uh, so I drew this picture and then every, there was quite a few people were like, oh, can I have it? Can I have it? And I was like, do you know what? I'm going to sell it. Like, why not? Right. It's a picture I've drawn. It's my work. It's not a pet portrait. You know, people want it. So I stuck it on eBay. 
and clearly put in the eBay listing that 20% of it was going to get donated to the charities. You know, I've got my own bloody bills to pay now as well, you know, but 20% of this is still going to the charities and you get called out on it. But where's yeah, the but other you're gonna, No, no, you're I know, I know, and I know you do, and I know you do. Um, but you know, this then escalated to basically it ended up with somebody calling me scum skimming from charities. Um, and and I know that you should just ignore all of that. And I know, but again, part of the issue is, and this is again comes back to that thing of being fiercely protective of the fundraising. Is part of the thing is is if people lose faith in it, then yeah. they'll stop donating. And so, and, and I'm really mindful that there is this thing of if people start to just think, ah, oh, he's just cashing out now, you know, and, and it's like, and I, and I, and, you know, I, I, I know, and I'm comfortable in my own, you know, kind of um, head and thoughts and everything else that everything that I'm doing at the moment is, not cashing out in the slightest, you know? Yeah. Um, but I just, I, I, I just sort of feel like if you start going down that route of like actually sort of like charging for portraits or, or buy a sort of like just a step away from that kind of suddenly selling the originals, which is something that I've never done before. And I'm earning from that. It just feels I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Like maybe I'm wrong. Maybe... I, I don't see it as that. I mean, if you had an exhibition, even in the name of a uh, Hercule Van Wolfwinkle, if you put them up and they are all two hundred and ninety nine pound each, for instance, if you've written yourself a manifesto, even if it's a mental manifesto, that that's the charity work. This is mine, and you're given a percentage, which is like the caveat that you put on it first of all. You. Have you been called yourself an artist yet? It only, <laughs> only ever when there's inverted commas involved. Right. <laughs> That's, that might be the problem because you're trying to live in two different worlds, the charity world and the commercial world. There is a crossover and you have to be aware of that crossover at the moment. You've got a barrier between them, you know, yeah. and you're not allowing them to to cross over you're frightened of that one person coming forward again but they can both work because if you put your exhibition forward and they are from 299 to 2999 pounds mm. that's yours you're you are the artist yeah i think i'd feel do you know what i would feel massive i would feel completely comfortable doing let's say an exhibition of african animals drawn by Hercule Van Wolfwinkle, you know, like an elephant, a giraffe, uh, you know, that weren't people's pets. And I was selling them and that was personal income. I wouldn't feel, I would feel absolutely comfortable about that because it's not the pet portraits. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it, I, it's, it is but just... the thing is, your focus is where you're getting the photograph from because you're yeah. not going to go out to Africa and take your own photographs of an elephant. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you're happy to get them off of google for instance yeah yeah but yeah that's the same as that person's photograph they've just sent you that the possession of that photograph should be irrelevant yeah i yeah i do know i know i know what you're saying and i think i'm i i think i also know that i'm probably wrong like in in my well, view you're, on not, it. you're not wrong um, because it's, it's your, just it's just know. kind of like the thing that i 
have always like wrangled with and it, it's partly why like commercializing it you know it, it is it, it, like i said earlier like i'm struggling to see the longevity of the project because what we're currently doing just isn't really working like um you know i actually don't i actually do you know what i don't even mind if this bit is aired or not um but our our household income is down by about 50 percent since i quit my job and that can't continue like that can't continue um because whilst this has never been about making me rich um it's also got a it's got to pay the bills right um you know um and uh and so I know what we're doing isn't really working and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm at that stage where it's, it is kind of now like, okay, if, if we forget all the charity bit and we just look at it as a business model, how does the business model change to be more successful? Right. Well, you are wearing many hats within that business. So why should you not be paid as the director? Mm. Why should you not be also paid as the artist? Yeah, you know you can't do all of this work taking fifty percent less money than you had previously. Yeah, yeah. I think I need. I mean, you know, and again, it's because it's a world I know nothing about, and it's like I, I, I don't even really know where to begin with it or whatever. But I need, I do need somebody that sort of knows what they're doing. Like, and, and, and I do, and I, but um. And, you know, maybe that's you, mate. I don't know. Like, you know, um, or, 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 you know, um, or, you know, people or whatever, but it's like, um, but it's got to be, there's got to be a similar project, not necessarily within visual art, but Mm. there's got to be another project. What someone has started exactly the same as you gone. I've got this idea. It might be a book or something, you know, they've written this book for a charity and then it's blown up and then they're in a similar position or or got themselves in a similar position to you where it's got so big that you're getting wrapped up in that fucking snowball Mm. you've created, you know. Mm. Yeah, it it is like that. And and I think as well, it's also in a funny way, like uh, taking the project full time has kept the project going it's like and you know what we've right i don't the other thing is is i don't want to make it sound like this is it's all like doom and gloom and i'm negative on it because i don't regret the decision like like we've raised another 150 or grand since i decided to take it full time so i don't regret that decision like one bit like it, it i wouldn't change it again but the other thing is is that in its sort of current setup is it hasn't really you know one of the reasons for taking the project full time was to have more time to actually work feeling like I was kind of like working on the project rather than just like in it all the time you know like when you said earlier about being surrounded by it all this um and I and I kind of feel like at the moment I'm still spending I'm not getting enough time to actually spend like properly like on the 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 project if that makes sense so still when we're all gonna you know when we've got all of the bigger things going on and that it kind of all still feels like it's all been done a little bit on the sidelines um because i'm having to spend so much time working on the bits that are paying the bills because again i you know in essence it's taking me time because i don't really know what i'm doing so it's all taking longer you know i think that i personally think that you need to step back of it even just for a day and just say this bit's for the charity this bit is for me the artist don't put yourself in inverted commas because then you're not taking yourself seriously. If yeah, you, I think I never have though. I like you, yeah, but you've but now it's not that 
mm. laugh that you that it started out to be. It's not that yeah. gag anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's now become a serious thing. Inadvertently, people and pets have come to depend on you because of it. Yeah, yeah. So you have to start taking it seriously because they are for definite. Mm. And mm. it's in their interest. So I would say if you just separate the the physical artworks, they're yours. And the online stuff, you know, they can be free. You can, as I say, you can send them a printed version yeah. um, on, on decent paper. But the mm -hmm. original one on the ship bit of A4 from WH Smith's, yeah, yeah. that's the original that is worth at least £299. Yeah. The other one can be for a donation, but the originals are yours. Then you have an exhibition, you sell all your ones. We'll have a look at Wilfred Wood. And I'll write that down. W I L F R I D. He does the similar similar thing to you, but with people. Okay. Yeah. He's an ex spitting image puppeteer. Okay. He yeah. To, he used to make those. Um, he's, he's a mate of mine as well, but that's what he does. He does an exhibition. He invites these people in. He he draws a portrait every day. Yeah. Uh, it will be either from a photograph or, and I've done it myself. I've gone and sat for him. Yeah. Um. Just sat in there. Um, sorry, just sat there being his muse. He paints me. If I want to take it away, if I want to buy it off him, I get the first dibs on it. Or I can just have the privilege of being painted, drawn by Wilfred Wood. Yeah, which yeah. Which is what yeah. yours should be. Yeah. That's the, that's the privilege. They can yeah. they can then have a copy of it that if they're lucky enough for it to go online. Mm -hmm. That's their little, you know, that's their thing. They've got that for nothing. Or yeah. they can they can have a, a print of it if they want for a donation, then that's the charity out of the way. Mm. And there's mm. no reason why it can't be. You're an artist, yeah. you've created art, you sell art. As soon as you realise that you're the artist, not... I think, yeah, I think, you're mate, the, again, that's sort of maybe part of it, is I, I struggle to, like, yeah, I mean, I've just, like, again, just had this huge sense of imposter syndrome. Of course, like, and with, listen, with all I've, of I've spoken um, to professional artists who have been artists for twenty odd years who still say that. Yeah. So what is it? <laughs> let me ask you this, right? <laughs> what is it you do for a living? You draw portraits. Who draws portraits? A fucking artist. Yeah. So, <laughs> so whether you like it or not, whether you think it's a bit up yourself, you're the artist. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny actually because I when people do say sort of like, what do you, what do you do? I normally say, oh, it's a long story and try and change, try and change exactly. the subject. Right, so you're making um, it hard for yourself there. Yeah. I'm um, an artist who, uh, what is wrong with saying, I'm an artist who draws rubbish portraits of your pet? Yeah. No disrespects. I, I didn't know of the name when Alice mentioned you. Yeah. As soon as I saw that fucking soppy dog with the ears up and a tongue out, the wind yeah. or whatever it was, yeah. straight away knew who you were. So yeah. you have got, notoriety or fame or whatever you call it you just don't fucking know it yet you know and as, as soon as you understand that it'll make it so much easier for you if if people want to come to see what you and and your company are doing is it called what is the company called the so the so the website is hercule van wolfwinkle.co.uk right um which uh is a moment where I wish I'd chosen a shorter fake artist's name. <laughs> um, the other moment was when I had to get it to the signature tattooed on my ass, but that's a story Brilliant. for another day. And 
and, and, and basically on the website there's you know you can uh read all about the you know kind of like how it all started and and, and everything else and, and the charity work and the fundraising and things and then um in the online sort of shop there we've got um i mean i do have some prints i've got some limited edition prints of things um and uh t-shirts and bags and stationery the audience that i have my priority with the audience that i have is to promote and drive the fundraising yeah so so you know i've written two books one of them's actually a sunday times bestseller which sounds far more fancy than it is i think we just and an artist yeah um but we just got lucky on one week where like you know sales of all other books were like down and (laughs) mine sneaked in like you know um i think even the publisher was a little bit (laughs) (laughs) not sure i don't know if if someone's on a a wind up here linda laplante is furious um, because you overtook her that week um but but people still go you should write a book and i go yeah i've done two like they're out there um, but it's because I, and as I know, it's because I just don't talk about it. You know, like I just don't talk about it enough. Because what's the second book, the most recent one? The most recent. So the first one was just simply called Rubbish Pet Portraits. And was um, it just a, a picture book? Of and it was a, it was a, it was, it was like, um, you've seen my Facebook page. It, it, it's kind of like a light version of my Facebook page. So you'd get like, you know, so you know, like with my posts on Facebook, you get all the animals get a fake made up name. Yeah. And then and then they get I write like a little bio. So, you know, like they like doing these things. In there. And then there's the customer reviews and it's the worst kept secret. But all the customer reviews are written by me. They're all fake. Yeah. They're not yeah. like real customer reviews. Um, and so the first book, Rubbish Pet Portraits, was just sort of like a light version of the Facebook page. So some of the pictures just had like maybe just the customer review or some of them had like a little bit of the write up or whatever. But but that was the first book. Um, so picture that's been submitted by the customer, you know, my portrait and a little bit of, of sort of text. Um, and I really loved the first book. Like it was exciting, I guess, you know, like it was suddenly having like all of these publishers contacting like us wanting to do a book and things. And it was like, again, like somebody's risking their careers here right they wanted to do a book with me um and that and I loved doing that first book and it was a lot of work because uh, again at the time I was working full-time and stuff and it was like the you know again it was suddenly this slightly different spin on everything you know it, like it was probably one of the first projects that wasn't a laugh do you know what I mean like everything else had been a laugh and then suddenly you're, you're you've like got these publishers like with deadlines and stuff, but I loved it. And I was so proud of it. And it was, it was actually the very first sort of tangible thing of the whole project, you know, yeah, cause every, yeah. everything up until that point had all been online. It had all been, everything was just online in a time when we were in lockdown. So you weren't even really out seeing anybody or any of that. And then, so to be able to then like hold this book in your hand and go, like I did that. And yeah. like, Honestly, I didn't really care whether we sold one copy as long as I had the one that I've got on my bookcase. Because, yeah. like, you know, um, and I loved that. And then the second book uh, was called "Who's a Clever Boy?" There, and it was it's basic. It's like a it's a book for dog lovers, basically. So it, it's moved away from the publishers. Kind of, the publishers felt that like my drawings stood up enough without needing 
that sort of forced humor of this is what the customer have submitted, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So the second book is just my illustrations rather than this is the dog I've drawn. Um, yeah. And it's, it's kind of like a, I, I'm a dog owner myself. We've got a dog and it, and it's like a, a look at, you know, sort of like the world of a dog owner, like through my eyes, you know? So, um, and, and so e- each page is one of my illustrations and then a little kind of caption, um, so, you know, I mean, off the top of my head, you know, one of them is like something like, you know, did you know that when a sophisticated dog scooches across a carpet on its ass, it can tell you the pile depth of thread count in the, you know, country yeah, of yeah, origin yeah. of manufacturing, you know, that kind of stuff. And, uh, but I just, I personally didn't enjoy the whole experience of the second book. Yeah. I, it was never quite what I really wanted to do. And then actually, I won't go in really long, boring story, but it ended up that the deadlines ended up getting shifted and I had a very short window to write it as well. So it was all, it was all very, very stressful um, writing it. And that was actually bringing it back to something earlier in the conversation. That was all around the time where I was ready to just give up on the project. Yeah. Um, It was a very, very stressful like time and um, so the second book I've never I've never really quite had that like you know bit like your second kid in it you never love them as first as love them as much as the first and and actually I can joke and say that because we've only got one right so I am, I am um but but yeah so I've got so I've got the two books out and that but like I say people I, I actually feel like I do bang on about the books but like I obviously don't because like I say people still go you should write a book um yeah. so part of part of the other problems with it all and commercializing it and stuff is just the fact that i also just don't really shout about it enough because again bringing it back to this thing about being protective about the fundraising i would rather shout about the fundraising but if you're sitting there burning yourself out phil it's going to affect the fundraising anyway yeah if you're prospering that will prosper yeah, there's no no argument about it. Only in your in your head, there's an argument. Yeah, it, it's it's a bridge. It's a bridge. I think I need to cross. I think that the issue is I probably need somebody to hold my hand to cross it. Like uh, you know, like and and somebody who really knows like what they're doing. And and you know, again, like I said earlier about that feeling of like being out of your depth and not really quite knowing which way to swim. Like, you know, I sort of really feel like I need somebody who can kind of at least point me in the direction, the right direction and kind of go like land is that way, you know, like yeah. that's where you, you'll start to sort of find your depth. And again, not to say that I would then expect that to be an easy ride, like, but at least you feel like you're moving in the right direction rather than just like, just about sort of treading water and, yeah, I need to be working with somebody that knows what to do. But I really do. So you've got two books out. I presume you're doing a calendar. Yeah, we've got, so calendars are available like right now. And, you know, people get to look at a different one of my pictures every month. Um, and they've only got to look at it for a month as well, which is quite good, isn't it? Because then, <laughs> <laughs> then you can look at another one. Um, but I've done... Uh, I've actually done two calendars this year. So one of them is just the Hercule Van Winkle calendar. Um, and then uh, the other one that I've done is called Colour Your Year. And uh, it's basically each 
uh, each month is a different picture which has to be coloured in by the person Brilliant. who bought the calendar, um, which I thought would be a really fun. Th- I thought, you know, it might be a really nice thing for people to kind of gift to like nieces and nephews and, and- grandkids and stuff. Be- the best route is Facebook because that's kind of where I'm most active. So you go onto Facebook and it's Pet Portraits by Hercule. Um, which I don't think there's many other pages that are called that. So you'll, no. you should find it. Are you um, on Instagram and Twitter? I, I'm on Instagram. Um, so Instagram is, my tag on Instagram is Portraits by Hercule. Facebook is pro- is the biggest audience and probably the one I'm most active on. And there's a frequently asked questions post, which is pinned to the top of the, of the page, which tells you everything that you need to know and not a single thing more like, <laughs> it's literally like this is all you need to know um <laughs> where can they find the book and your merch um so the merch is um herculevanwolfwinkle.co.uk uh, again like i said earlier a minimum of 10 percent of all of our profits on the shop go to the charities um if I can also plug something, if you're on my website, if you can sign up to my mailing list, I would recommend doing that because it's completely free. I try not to bug you too much, um, but at least you will hear about all the important stuff because it really is frustrating when there's important stuff going on and you're plastering all over Facebook, but Facebook decides not to put it on people's news feeds. Um, And then they go, oh, we didn't know that was happening or, you know, whatever. So if you can sign up to the mailing list as well, that would be grand. The books are available in all bookshops, good and bad, basically. So um, uh, the bad the, the bad ones um, start with am and end with zon. Um, and uh, the good ones are hopefully your local independent bookstore. Um, but you can find them. Pre- in fact, you know what? You'll probably find them in the bargain bin of, <laughs> of somewhere now. They're probably, they're probably 50p um, <laughs> somewhere um or even your local library if you don't want to buy them you can probably get them in your local library as well brilliant well hercule van wolfwinkle thank you very much for your time thanks for having me man it's been absolute pleasure all right then my man i'll speak to you soon see you later on take care gary well i hope you enjoyed that episode of the ministry of arts podcast it's a podcast that's produced with the help of the listener And if you like what you've heard, and you think you might be able to give a little support, there's two ways in which you can do it. If you go over to the Ministry of Arts Instagram profile, you'll find a Linktree drop-down box. And in that box, you'll find two links. One is called Buy Us A Coffee, and it's pretty much that. You can make a one-off payment the price of a cup of coffee. Or, if you're able and want to do it more long-term, you can become a Ministry of Arts Patreon where you can sign up to support us on a monthly basis and 100% of your support goes back into the podcast. And if you're not able to do that, that's absolutely fine. This content is free for everyone. But we would urge you to follow us on your socials and show us a bit of love that way. Either way, thanks for listening and see you next time. Ta-da. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.